Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. All right, let's hop to it. Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Joel Brzezinski with Mike Kapler. Our weekly discussion of the grace of God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ himself, who became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the person that really, when you read the Bible, that's what it is all about. That's who it is all about. And we're, we took a little break last week from a series that we had begun a few weeks ago, summarizing the scriptures. And really what we want to do is take a look at the scriptures as a whole, uh, because we had spent some time talking about how you can't just take a verse or two out of context, but you need the the passage around it. You need the context of the book as a whole. And of course, you need the context of the Bible as a whole. So what overall story is the Bible itself trying to tell? And then when you read things throughout the Bible, such as the story of Adam and Eve, the story of Abraham and and the story of Moses and the law, and so on and so forth, you see how each of these things are pointing to Jesus. He is the central focus, of course, of the Bible. You know, everybody says that, and everybody says that, and they say they believe that, but then sometimes what happens is that we take certain aspects of the Bible, and we try to apply that to our life in Christ when really it's pointing ahead to Christ, like a lot of the Old Covenant stories, or some things in the New Testament where we're looking back at the cross of Christ. So anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take some time over the next few weeks and look at the big picture of the Bible and uh, look at some of the different happenings and events and people who made up this big thing called the Scriptures and uh, how it all points to Jesus Christ. So uh, here we are. Again, I'm Joel, along with Mike. Hey, Joel. And, and I think in our little series going on here that we've kind of started before Christmas, we can go as deep and wide as we want to, but because we have limited minutes on our weekly basis here on the podcast, as is usually the case, I suspect that we'll be hitting the high points and allowing you to dive deeper into it if you want to in your own study time, uh, either your group study or your own personal study. On the subject of Adam, if that's where we're going to get started here with some detail, because again, the, the idea here is to try to shrink the Bible Seems like a pretty big book because it's not just really one book. It's made up of multiple books written by different people over a period of many years, right? So it's easy for people to get lost in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's because it's even if you want to call it a book, it's more than that. It, it's it's alive. It's powerful. It's it's a, it's a living word, and there's like a bottomless well of information and revelation. And, you know, new things to acquire and understand that just never seem to stop coming because it's coming from an infinite source. If indeed these pages of Scripture are the living Word of God, uh, and you're not going to get any argument about that from us here. We, we believe that from Genesis to Revelation, we believe that this written Word is given by inspiration. Maybe when we're talking more about Jesus, we can, we can talk about him as, as the Word, but just focusing on the written Scriptures here, no problem there. The, the problem sometimes we run into within Christianity is that people just always think since it's all of God's Word— and they sort of lump all those books in the Bible, all those chapters, all those verses. We kind of lump them all together into the same blender. And there's this thing called context that sometimes gets tossed aside or 
misplaced and it causes confusion and inconsistency in doctrines and beliefs. And so we want to try to help eliminate some of that with our series here and hopefully in future podcasts to come. And so that, that's where we're going with this. We're going to try and shrink the Bible down to help all of us begin to see what it really is. And the way we're going to do that here on the podcast is to hit on, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five or six key places in the scriptures that kind of help shrink it down into a picture that we can see instead of a whole bunch of different pages that you turn and you turn and you turn. We try, try and get it into one picture so you can look at it and say, oh, there's the Bible. And ultimately, I think what you're going to see here is a picture of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's really what this is all about. So before turning this back over to you, Joel, starting out with Adam here, uh, obviously significant things happened um, in the very beginning of the book we call the Bible. I posted something on, on Facebook in recent weeks. I, I wrote that Adam's struggle began before he ate the forbidden fruit. When he looked at his reflection in the pond and mistakenly thought he saw someone who needed to do something to become more like God. And where that comes from, really, Joel, is the serpent in the temptation was trying to talk Adam and Eve into eating something that God told them to stay away from. And part of that temptation was to lure them into thinking that they would become like the Most High. They would become like God when in fact, in many ways, they already were. They were in this state of perfection. And so I hand this over to you as we get this rolling. Right, yeah. A big part of what happened there was that they had the truth of who they were from God. They had the ability and the right to eat from the tree of life in the garden. And God also said that they could eat from any other tree in the garden, but not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eve, uh, the woman, it says, saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. So right there, the temptation, you know, because uh, God had said, if you eat from this tree, you, you shall surely die. But the serpent had said, oh, <laughs> you're not going to die. Your eyes are going to be opened and you will be like God. I mean, that was the temptation. You know, we look at Adam and Eve, and we think uh, it was some big, huge, evil thing that Adam did. But really, all that it was, what the temptation was, was to be wise and to be like God. And like you were saying there, they had already been created in God's image. They were already like God. He was looking, like you said, in, in the pond and saw this thing and says, I need something I need something more. I need to be wise. I need to be something that I'm not already. He didn't realize that he already was like God. And so they were tempted, and they ate from that tree. And that's where the problem exploded, so to speak, because they opened their eyes, and they all of a sudden, they saw that they were naked, where they hadn't realized that before. Before, they were unashamed, it says. They were naked, and they were not ashamed. Now they were naked and they were ashamed. And it was all based upon this lie from the serpent that went completely against the truth that God had told them. God had said, hey, you're okay. Everything is right. You, you've got the tree of life. This is what I want you to eat from. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In that day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And so they hid themselves from God. That was the first time ever that a human had ever hid themselves, uh, hid from God. And God came looking for them. Where are you? And, well, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. 
And so all of these things happened. And God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all the cattle. He gave this prophecy, the serpent would eat of dust. And here's the thing, even way back when all of this happened, even way back, God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And there's a capital S there in many versions, signifying that it's talking about Jesus. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. A prophecy there from God saying, even though this thing has happened, I'm going to make it right. It's going to take some time. Now, they didn't necessarily realize how much time it was going to take, but that's uh, that's how the whole uh, the fall of mankind, as they say, uh, began. And the, the need for Jesus was seen right there, although they didn't quite realize and maybe totally understand what God was talking about. Yeah, and, and having the advantage of the rest of the Scripture, now we can look at this story with Adam and Eve and see the, the possibility, because I had thought for many years that Adam and Eve were on a power trip and they just wanted to take over God's throne or, you know, somehow share all the power and glory. And and uh, here I think really what we're looking at is, is uh, somebody who perhaps still had the desire to please God and, and somehow had been convinced that they were falling short of doing that. And yes, they, they believed the lie and they, they made a, a serious mistake in, in believing that lie and not trusting in what God had said to them. And it was the only tree. There were many trees in the garden. It was the only tree that, that God told Adam to stay away from. So I just think we should consider the, the possibility that this was the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, not mm-hmm. just evil, mm-hmm. and consider the possibility they may have wanted the ability to discern right from wrong, Adam and Eve, and to be better equipped to choose good and avoid evil, to be more like God, because they probably hadn't really been familiar with evil yet. We can't be sure of that, but we know that they were deceived into thinking that the tree, as you said, that the tree would make them wise if they ate it and that they would be more like God. So I make that point because as we get further into the law that came through Moses and the the religious rules and the, the, the statutes and the commands and the effort that man would put forth through that law to try to become more like God, we're, we're going to see a lot of parallels here. And in fact, Joel, I, I think if, if we have a minute, uh, one parallel to point out between Adam and Jesus, sometimes Jesus referred to as the last Adam, when they were tempted, you know, Adam being tempted where he was in the garden, Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, and there's maybe some significance to that. They were tempted very much in the same way on the basis of their identity. We've talked about this quite a, well, some in the past, maybe a while ago. But Jesus, when the ser- when the devil came at him in the wilderness during those forty days and forty nights, you know, he, he was basically saying, "Look, if if you're really the Son of God, if that's how you identify yourself, and if it's true, then do this." You know, throw yourself off here, uh, turn the stones into bread, do this, do something to prove it. There are some similarities there. I think that's true. That's a very good point. Something that maybe a lot of people don't realize that the temptation and the problem with Adam is that he fell for the temptation. And Jesus, of course, withstood the devil, withstood the temptation, didn't fall for it, gave him the scriptures. Adam had not believed God's word. Jesus believed God's word. And of course, uh, that's why he's the last Adam. First Corinthians fifteen forty five. you made reference to this. You said that uh, 
And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So that's what we have in Jesus Christ. Sin entered the world through Adam and death through sin. Romans 5, 12 through 14 says, sin entered the world through one man and death through sin because all sinned. However, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. So Adam was a type of what we know as the last Adam. And so the last Adam did all things the opposite way, you could say, than what the first Adam did. The first Adam fell for the lie, fell for the temptation. Death came through Jesus Christ, just as God had foretold. Life came. Temptation was overcome. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Isn't that something? Where Adam fell, Jesus overcame. And so all who trust in him and the Lord Jesus Christ have this everlasting life that is provided through the Lord Jesus Christ. So this week we've talked about Adam. And uh, like you say, we've got several more characters and events that we want to talk about in the weeks to come. Next week we'll talk a little bit more about Adam and perhaps what we can learn from Adam's temptation, how we can get ourselves away from the temptation to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and instead eat from the tree of life. And then after that, I think we'll talk about Abraham. So stay tuned next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.